Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, what's up, everybody? I am David Rutherford, Navy SEAL motivational speaker, author, performance coach. I'm also the host of one of the top podcasts in the country, called Team Never Quit Podcast with Marcus Luttrell and I. And i got to tell you something. Being here at the Schwab Impact Conference, spot with my unbelievably close friends and my biggest client out there, Pioneer Investments, I want to thank Henry Orvin. I want to thank Paul Marino for inviting me to be a part of this show. Uh, and now this show is remarkable. It's one of the largest of the registered advisors in the whole country. I mean, this this you come to this event because this place is hopping with all different types of, of product, all different types of investments, strategies, ideas. Heck, the line of speakers they have is off the charts. Isn't that right, Henry? You got it, brother. You, you got it, brother. I love that. All right. So what we're going to do, and, and this is the first show of our Schwab Impact Series sponsored by Pioneer Investments. And, and what we thought the best way to do was to get started was to talk about fear. Because every time I go out, whether I'm talking to the biggies out there, Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, or I'm talking to Wells Fargo or whoever, UBS with my, my friends at Pioneer, one of the biggest questions I always ask everybody is, what is the number one thing that you face every single day? The number one thing you face with all your clients as they come in, and that's fear. Hands down, not a question asked. It's like, it's like in unison, it's in stereo, if you will, the response that comes through. And it's fear. So what we thought we would do is we would talk, have me talk about one of my main ideas and concepts from my motivational training program called Navy SEAL Motivational Training. And the title of it is Frog Logic Concepts. Now, for the past 25 years, I have been exploring and researching the human condition in every possible environment that known to mankind. Now, I've been around the world. I've I played lacrosse at Penn State. I, 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 I've in the frigid waters of the Pacific Ocean right over here. Man was where I, 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 right over here going through SEAL training is where I learned to freeze my butt off and where fear really came down on me, right? And then uh, through by going to Afghanistan. I've been to the mountains of Afghanistan seven different occasions, even doing missionary work with my church. I, I, I've seen the human condition in the presence of fear. So what we thought we would do is we would talk a little bit about how you don't allow fear to be a debilitating part of your life. Now, granted, you got to understand, you were born with fear and you're always going to have fear. Everybody else has fear and you're ever always going to have it because you got these two little things in your brain up there in the amygdala that, that promotes fear physiologically. Now, you felt it, whether or not somebody cut you off on the uh, uh, driving over the bridge or whatever, and you, you wanted to flick them off, or, or, or somebody turned you down on a cold call, man, fear. Am I going to keep my job? Or how about with a, a, a client? A client, and the markets are, are shifting dramatically. Fear. How do you get that person to embrace their fear and invest with you? 
How do you get that person to embrace their fear and think about the long-term strategies that will protect themselves, their families, their legacy, their philanthropic ideas? Well, I'm here to tell you how. So the first thing you got to understand is, yes, you're born with fear. But on top of that, you've also been taught fear your whole lives. I've got these two beautiful little girls. My oldest, I call the bear. My youngest, I call the bruiser. And every single day, I'm out there going, don't run in front of the street right? Don't pull the dog's tail. Don't talk to strangers. Learn how to shoot a gun, right? All day long, every day, I'm teaching them that fear is an important thing to be aware of. But on top of that, what I'm also teaching them is to embrace their fears. And that fear and the fear of failure, the fear of the risk that you need to take in order to succeed, that's all part of life. Now, I've got a very distinct program on how to do that. But first, let me, under, let, me, let me describe to you my definition of what and how I define fear. Fear is a physiological reality and a learned comfort zone behavioral pattern induced by perceived and real threats that cause most human beings to respond in a variety of deliberately negative, physical, mental, and spiritual ways. It causes people to distort reality, inhibit action, manipulate logic, and stall progress. If left unchecked, fear can cause different forms of paralysis and disrupt all critical aspects of your life needed to succeed. Now, there isn't a person standing around this booth right now that can raise their hand and say, I've never felt that. In fact, in the research shows, there's only been a few people in history that lack that perception of fear. And it was this really cool, interesting story about this woman who was bo uh, born with underdeveloped hypothalamus, underdeveloped uh, medial prefrontal cortex, and, and her amygdalas didn't function properly. She didn't produce cortisol. So you could put her in front of a giant grown male lion, and she'd be like, oh, isn't that cat cute, you know? But the rest of us, we have fear. Now, how do you, you know, when you look at, perceived fears out there. I mean, I always like to ask, you know, who's afraid of public speaking? Uh, you know, are you afraid of public speaking? I got a head shake there. How about spiders? You afraid of spiders? Hate spiders, right? Now, Now, when you, when you look at spiders, they're the size of your pinky, and they only kill about six people every year, but we're petrified of those little suckers, right? Now, those are, you know, how about the zombie apocalypse? Who out here is afraid of the zombie apocalypse? I got a hand right here. He's storing ammunition. I got some other gun nuts coming around right now. Okay. Now, the reality is there are very true fears out there that we need to be focused on. And those very true fears are our, our long-term commitments to our family, right? Our 401ks, our investments, our real estate uh, 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 investments, how we're going to protect our hard-earned cash. Now, that's fear. And, and a bunch of psychologists at Harvard out there have, have, have shown that what a, the, the brain chemistry that elicits similar fears are your own death and your money and losing your money, right? Death and taxes. So it's key to understand how to teach yourself to embrace that fear. Now, I've got five missions that I've developed based on research I've been conducting, not only with my own personal experience, but with research that I've looked into across the board and every different type of, of psychological profiling that you can do, right? So the first thing, hands down, across the board that you need to understand is the truth of your fear. Now, many people, I always stay, start out, when you, when, and, and you start to think about what is the truth of my fear, many people wouldn't, couldn't answer that, right? Because we compartmentalize it. And you're taught to compartmentalize it. How many times has your boss, when a client comes in and is, 
is ripping you to, 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 to top to bottom about one of their investments going down by six points because there was a tank. And you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know why he's really afraid. I don't, I don't, I don't understand where he's coming from. It's, it makes no, it's irrational, right? This, these are a long-term investment strategy. And the problem is, is people don't understand it themselves. And so in the, in the search for your truth about fear, the number one thing that you got to understand is what they actually are. So I always recommend to people, as you start out, lesson one, list one, is list all your fears out, past, present, and future. Now, this is a very difficult thing, and I always ask people, have you ever done this exercise? Let me ask you, sir, passing by right now. Have you ever listed out all your fears, childhood, young adult, now fears, and fears in your future, every single one? Never, right? Guaranteed. And most people out there, unless they have done it, right, through a college course or through some exercise in a leadership training program, some have never actually done it. Now, let me ask you, why haven't you done it? can't think of a reason why. Because it's scary. That's why. And it, and it creates fear. Now, I highly recommend you do it because once you start to gather and understand the truth of your fears, you'll understand the drivers that inhibit you. Now, after you do that, then you have to understand now uh, to pay attention to the details of those fears, right? The actual things that, that make your palms sweat, that make your, your heart race. You have to understand what are those triggers because it's in those details that the triggers happen, right? And once you understand the details, now it's time to go out there. And step three is gather some real-world intel about fear, all right? How relevant is fear? What role does it play in our lives based on scientific studies? Thank you very much. Scientific studies that have been done out there. Where I recommend you start is, is with Martin Seligman. The guy is the father of a, of a, a psychology called Positive Psychology at University of Pennsylvania. And the guy has done these amazing stories about what inhibits us from, from having a really purposeful life, right? Why we allow the negative speak in our brain, the fear in our brain to override our decisions that are good, solid, healthy decisions that are, have a little fear about them. And once you have that intel, then it's time to, to go out and question whether or not your perception of it is right. And so you got to ask your swim buddy, right? You got to ask. So brother, let me ask you a question. As you steal one of our, our camouflage bags there, who is your swim buddy in life? <laughs> he took me literally. He wants to be the comedian where that's my job, but that's all right. So he swims out. Who's your actual swim buddy in life? The person that helps you deal with fear? Father. Father. Father's a great swimmer. How about somebody outside of the constraint of your family? Do you have any mentors that help you deal with fear? See, that's a common answer, and that's one thing that we always want people to realize. When you learn to embrace your fear, it takes an army, a team, a platoon, if you will, to help you do that. So what I recommend to you first thing within the next week is go find a mentor outside of your normal constraint of your family life, of your work life, and have that person start working with you about what's coming in your future, about how you process information. And I promise you it'll help in your search for the truth on your fear. So that's mission one. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. So that's mission one out there in terms of, of learning to embrace your fear. Mission two is once you identify the truth of your fear, now you've got to accept its reality. Because one people, one of the thing, and, and I had this great friend who was a CIA interrogator in the past who used to talk about with people and their fear is, 
is they don't accept the reality of it. They try and resist it, and they don't accept how it, it changes them day in and day out, how it shapes them. How, And it's really in a subconscious capacity because, because we have such an amazing way to compartmentalize fear. We're, we're actually regressing and repressing that fear as a, as a useful tool for decision-making process. Now, one of the parts that we always learn about in all psychiatry or psychology or any dealing with your stuff is, is the first thing you have to do is come to grips with the reality of your current construct, right? Your, your cognitive construction, right? Megan, you have to understand your current state mentally and accept where you are if you're going to make any dramatic changes. So step one and mission number two is you have to say that the, the motto, we believe, it is what it is. Now, I'm looking at Henry, and Henry, have you been using that motto your whole life? I have. Now, people always say, I ask people in my, when I give this speech, I go, who, who hates that motto? And all, you know, always like 25 hands go up saying, man, I cannot stand it is what it is. Now, I ask you why? Because it's an acceptance of the reality. Now, the problem is, as many times people consecrated or, or constituted as that. What's up, Paul? How you doing, buddy? How you doing, Mr. Rutherford? Do you use the phrase, it is what it is? I always use it. I always use it. Because it gives you a, a, an acceptance, right? And it's something that you can build on, a platform. And we're going to hear Paul talk about those platforms in, in our next show in the series coming up here in a couple hours. All right. Now, once you get it is what it is, then you have to realize, hey, you're not alone in fear, right? Although we each process our fear individually in our own unique ways, there are, your fears have been felt by other people before. Your fears and whether or not your money is going to last you in retirement have been felt, trust me, by a lot of other people. Your fears of whether or not your grandkids are going to have anything left over from your hard-earned dollars, those are fears that a lot of people have. So you have, when you start to recognize you're not alone, that, that opens the corridor for you to begin to truly start seeking help. Now, before you get going and doing that, step three of accepting your reality is you have to define your purpose. What is the actual purpose? What do you want to achieve with your money? What do you want to achieve long term, right? What is your legacy? What do you, uh, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be, uh, how do you want to, uh, what do you want to be left over? Your philanthropic ideas, all of those things. How about even as an advisor? What type of advisor do you want to be known as? An advisor that creates long-term strategies and is based on a really fruitful relationship? Or is it more about just padding your, your checkbook and your long-term account uh, by, by putting in large groups of numbers? So you have to really define your purpose as it relates to your fear, right? It doesn't con conform. Your purpose isn't, isn't a derivative of your fear. Your purpose is a derivative of something else we'll talk about later on. But it really needs to be a part of how you define that purpose. Now, once you've done that, you've accepted your reality, you've gone through the steps, now it's time to find the team that's going to help you embrace fear on an ongoing basis. Uh, level. You have your little fear platoon, your little fear fire team. And these are the guys that are going to help you all the time. So that's a key thing. Let me ask you, brother, right now, come on over here. He says, no, nah, I don't want to talk to you. No way in red pants am I going to talk to you. That's all right. That happens all the time. Now, I always like to ask people, hey, what is your fear fire team? Who is it? Is it a distinct group? Is it a, is a group of guys at church? Is it a group of people that you work with? Or is it some unique group of people that can bring information from all walks of life to help you understand it? That's really the key. All right. So that's mission one. Mission two, accept your reality. Mission three, we get right into. Now that you've gone through those two processes, now it's time to retrain your brain. Now, in our world, we retrain our brain in a, in a bunch of different ways. But for me, the real place where it happened, where 
you know, my cultural recoding happened where my uh, cognitive, re real true cognitive reconstruction happened was in SEAL training in Hell Week. Now, if you're not familiar with Hell Week, Hell Week is a five-day course that we go through that you're up for five straight days. You're getting pounded. You're in the surf zone. You're carrying boats on your head the whole time. And you're really broken down to the bare essential of, of what your human condition is. And the cool thing about that is, is in that retraining, you realize that all of your greater attributes, all of your ability to succeed is, is really based on the, the, the strong ability to embrace that fear, but not the fear of whether or not you're going to fail, the fear of not, whether or not you're going to fail as it relates to your teammate. Now, that's the true way to begin to retrain your brain. And you should start to do that too, whether you're an investment advisor, whether you're a wholesaler, whether you're thinking about uh, 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 as a client, all right, and the person that you want to help retrain your brain towards long-term investment, right? Now, the first step in, in retraining your brain is you have to reevaluate your current standards in life, your performance, and then set a new standard for yourself. That's right. You have to elevate the bar of performance. And so often we see that doesn't happen. Now, the cool thing about Paul, Paul's got this great background in, in baseball and, and Henry's got a great background in the military. So when we bring them on later on, we're going to talk about standards and we're going to talk about the standard of performance from Pioneer. We're going to stop, talk about the standard of performance and, and, and how you should look at investment. Uh, we've got a great guy from Harvard Business School coming on in our third show who's going to talk a lot about some other of those the changing standards of, of the modern uh, world. So, but when you look at yourself, how often do you actually elevate your standards? Now, one of the things that is key in step one, after you set that stand, that new standard, is you got to be disciplined. Step two is you got to be disciplined. Now, that discipline takes you a long way. Now, I'm not just talking like, all right, you, you meet the bare minimum standard every day. I'm saying you elevate that standard. You push yourself. You do something to improve your ability to perform every single day. Now, one of the other, one of the other things you got to think about in step three is you got to train to fail. So many people out there, especially in the financial world, they hit a point of, of comfort where, come on over here. Let me ask you a question, will you? He's like, no, that's number two. Nobody wants to get put on the spot to answer a question whatsoever. That's all right. Okay, so one of the things that I always like to ask people is, is how often do you allow yourself to fail in business? And people all the time look at me like I'm nine-eyed. And they go, they go, are you out of your mind? I never want to fail in business. In fact, I hate failing. It crushes me. I can't stand. That's why I do the extra work so I don't fail. And I'm saying, well, why not? How come you don't fail more often? Because when you fail, you learn that maybe your standards of performance aren't really the right standards. But you're staying in your little comfort zone behavior patterns because you don't want to fail, because you don't want to go outside the spectrum of, of, of where you're comfortable and what you know works. And perhaps you've been using the same concepts for 30 years or 25 years or 20 years. Well, guess what? In the, in the emerging marketplace, you need to change. You need to go out there and try new ideas, new concepts, and fail in them to understand what's really working. Now, granted, I'm not saying deny yourself that long-term expertise, but I am saying be able to adapt and conform to new, new, new ideas and new programs. On top of that, when you decide you're going to do that and elevate the bar for yourself, Go out there and seek professional guidance. Get the people who really know what they're doing. Have them help you and be humble in that guidance. Accept what they're telling you. Take it on board inside and really process it in a way where you're like, you know what? I'm going to try something new and I'm okay with that. 
And even if it's a person that may be younger than you or older than you, whatever, seek that guidance, accept that guidance, and then push those standards higher and then retrain your brain. All right, so that was mission number three. Mission number four is you got to then test yourself, right? You got to put the boots on the ground, right, Henry? You got to get out there and really try and understand what is going on in your professional life. What is going on? Now, one of the things that we talk about in testing ourselves, and, and I love this little ditty. I pulled this right from uh, one of my favorite instructors that used to pound the heck out of me, Doug Schoen, back in, in Hell Week. Step one in testing yourself is you got to embrace the suck of life. Now, nobody knows that better than the investment world, right? <laughs> Especially with how often things change. Right, right now, I'm hearing all the different kinds about commodities being bottomed out, right? Or, or why isn't oil coming back? And I hear all about uh, new products and, and, and whether or not, you know, there's longevity towards different products out there. And when interest rates skyrocket, what's going to happen? Uh, but what I have to say is, guess what? That's the status quo. That, you know, you're never going to hit a place anymore where it's this long, although, you know, secretly behind the other side of the spectrum, there is this long-term growth that is there. When you look at long-term market trends and yield, right, it is about slow growth over time. But in the matter, and if you're taking risks and you're doing new things and you're getting out there and putting it in real estate or whatever you're doing, man, there is a, is, there are highs and lows. So you have to embrace that suck. If this is your profession, just welcome it. Take it on board. Be uncomfortable. Because when you start to live in that discomfort and enjoy it with a smile on your face, that's when you're able to go into step two, which is destroy your comfort zones. Now, when you learn to destroy your comfort zones, first, let me back up. Let's talk about comfort zones, right? For Paul, my man, what's one of your greatest comfort zones out there, buddy? Uh, one of my greatest comfort zones as far as what? Life. Life. Um, probably... It's hard to it's hard to identify your own comfort zone because I, I probably just default to it all the time. And that's uh, the right answer, actually. We default to our comfort zones. We actually and we we don't even acknowledge when we're getting tired, we're getting exhausted, and we're have this space of time. We we go back to these default. Whether you like to throw your shoes off, uh, pour yourself a scotch, and watch uh, the same news cycle on CNBC for four hours in a row, you know, and and say the same things every time it regurgitates itself. Or maybe you're a sports fan and you get back and on Sundays you kick off your shoes and you eat a big vat of chili con queso or or have a twelve pack and that's your comfort zone. Well, the same thing is true in your business platforms as well. You get into a, a repetition uh, where, the, where, the, where the discomfort isn't relevant in terms of your growth. And you're doing the same things over and over and over with some expectation that all of a sudden some miraculous opportunity is going to fall in your lap. That's not how it works, folks. You're afraid to get out there and do, and do the comfort zones. So when you start to destroy those by embracing the suck of how it, how it is up being uncomfortable, now you're ready. One of the main ways that you can do that is become more highly competitive. Ma'am, would you say you're a competitive person? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> she, she deflected and wants to know what the swag is about instead of answering the question. I understand you're not competitive. That's all right. All right, so let me talk about competition and how healthy it is for people to be competitive, all right? Being competitive is essential because when you're competitive, it tests your limits, right? When you lose to somebody, 
you know where you how good you are. Now, when we don't get out there and acknowledge how, guess what, we're not very good at something, we need to improve on something, then that's a positive thing. That teaches us, man, hey, we're not as good as we think we are. And those limits are key to understand with all growth, no matter what, no matter where you are in your life, you got to have some form of competition. Now, the cool other thing, the cool other derivative of that competition and losing miserable to somebody or some in something is it creates honesty in yourself. Now, one of the things we live in in a world that's changing, either morally or, or however you want to look at it, and everybody's trying to figure out how to beat the system, so to speak, is that honesty plays a pivotal role in your ability to succeed. Most importantly, through the development of your relationships. Because this, this industry right here, I've heard no matter what, every place we go, it's relationships, isn't it, Henry? Hey, relationships, relationships, relationships. That's the way it works. So in that honesty of your inability or your lack of, 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 of performance, you'll learn to be more honest with yourself, which in turn translates to the honesty that you share with your clients. All right, so that is testing yourself. Now, the last thing that we want to talk about in terms of learning to embrace your fear is you got to live with courage. Now, courage is kind of a throwback word nowadays, isn't it, Paul? I think so. It, it really is. I mean, what is courageous in the business world? I mean, is it to, to, to hold the line and, to, and, and to, to stand up for certain things that you know, uh, you know might be painful for your clientele, but you're going to hold hard on it and you're going to give them the honest truth because you've already now, through this process of learning to embrace your fear, you've elevated your, your, your performance level. By, you set new standards. You've, you've tested the ideas. You, you don't mind being uncomfortable now. And so what you do is, is you live with that courage as it relates to how you disseminate information, how you teach others, how you teach, how you, how you perform. And, and in that live with courage, one of the things that I believe that the first step in order to, be, to truly begin to live with courage is you got to strengthen your faith. Now, granted, I'm a hardcore Christian, but I'm not going to talk about that because that's not really what I'm talking. I'm talking about your professional lives. You need to strengthen your faith in what you do. You need to anchor your heart to, the, to your mind in the company that you work for. That's the requirement. And when people see that you're faithful to the company that you work with, you're 100% invested, they feel that. It translates into the message that you're sharing with them. Now, if you are the person that maybe talks down about your company behind closed doors or, or has different ideas or suggests maybe, you know, that, you know, you hint the nuances of how you interact, suggests that you aren't faithful in what, who you're working for and what you're doing, then guess what? There's, it's an impossibility for you to be courageous as you move forward developing those relationships. It just doesn't happen. It's contradictory to each other, all right? So that's step one. Step, step two is you got to stand up for what you believe in and that's what you're doing, Right? Stand up for what you're selling. At Pioneer Investments, man, I've been working with these guys for four, five years, sorry, five years, and I haven't met a company yet that stands up more for what they believe. Now, granted, in the mutual fund world, it is highly competitive, and they have incredible competition out there. But the people that work for this organization, they have faith in what they believe in, right? They believe in the product they're selling. And when you hear them dis disseminate, because I've been with their wholesalers, I've traveled to just about... Every, every major you know, place in this country working with them and, and giving speeches at all these places, and I listen to the way they describe this product, man. They believe it. That's courageous. 
Because nowadays with new products coming online, new ideas coming online all the time, there's such a draw, there's such a pull away that wants people to say, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best place I should be. Maybe there is, the grass is greener on the other side. I can go to the other firm or the other place. Let me tell you what, that is no way to embrace your fear. That's fear running your life. So you got to bring that on board. Stand up for your beliefs. Now, here's the key. If you're lacking that in your organization right now, right, and you're afraid that there are a lot of other people aren't thinking that, they're not, they're not, they're not feeling that, then you got to get out there and sharpen their iron, right? Pull them in. And if they choose not to do it, you call them out. They're afraid for some reason. Pull in the other people that are acting that way. Create a team with them and sharpen each other day in and day out, right? To embrace the fear of going out and selling, to embrace the fear of pulling in new clientele, help each other out in all these different types of ways. In fact, you go through all these steps, right? I've got them listed on the internet. I've got them in, in radio shows I've done in the past out there. And, and I've got my speech out here. And you can, you can hire Pioneer to bring me in and, and listen to the speech for your team. Now, the last one and step four about learning to live with courage is the one that I believe in wholeheartedly in my heart. And if you have this, you will no doubt be able to embrace your fear. And that's being able to lead with love, right? When you wake up every morning and you, you stretch your arms, you take that breath, you check out your opposable thumbs, you put your feet firmly on the ground, and you're above dirt, and Henry and I were just talking about it right before I got on the air here. You know, he feels so blessed that nobody's shooting at him from his old Ranger days, right? Nobody's shooting at him. He's got a good job. He's got a, a great family, and we had this wonderful conversation about his grandchildren. Now, in that and in all those things are love, and the love he has for his family, the love he has for where he's at. That's a powerful thing, folks. If you start the day out with that in your heart, with that driving you forward, with that pushing you into the, the, the competition that's out there, without pushing you into the negative insurgency that's going to take some good shots at you, right, Paul? I mean, it's going to beat you down day in and day out. But if you have that love, that love in yourself, that love in your family, the love in the team that you work with, you will be able to stand up, wipe the blood off your nose, dust the, 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 the dirt off your sandals, and move on to that next challenge in your life and succeed by embracing your fear. Now, I'll tell you what, man, that's a lot of information real fast, but I'm truly privileged to be out here at the Schwab Impact Conference of 2016 with my incredible friends, my teammates, my partners, Pioneer Investments, to disseminate some really capable quality information and content through you guys through the internet. Now, just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Navy SEAL radio, and you'll be able to find this show and the next other two later today. So thank you so much, and uh, what a privilege to be here. Hoo-yah! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.